you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. NFL Total Access is a production of the NFL in partnership with iHeartRadio. It's Tuesday, May 23rd, and you're listening to NFL Total Access, the podcast. That is the voice of today's special guest. He is a New Yorker, a podcaster, a reporter, a host. Most days he's a salad eater. Every day he's a total pro. He's the sweet potato kid. He's Mike Yam. Welcome back to the Pod Yammer. So I am off, I'm fresh off vacation. Yes, you are. How was it? Where uh, were you? It was amazing. Cabo for the week. Uh, used SPF 50 the entire time. Cabo am, is I, in Indiana? Uh, no, the, the, the one south of the border. Oh, you know in, Mexico. Yes, in Mexico. Yes, yes, of course. I forgot my ID today had to go to security to get into the building i forgot my laptop charger had Look to go to it you. it your brain went soft and the fact that you asked me to do the open and i couldn't really figure out on the fly what <laughs> month we're in it was only a week can away. we blame it on the a- 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 alcohol what uh what was your uh your poison of choice down there uh, di- was, diet pepsi of course yeah i don't know there's there's a lot of margaritas yeah, not gonna lie that. it was awesome good for you i'm so glad <laughs> uh you look refreshed you seem refreshed I'll take it. I mean, I still have Are bags. you refreshed? No, no. I need another, I no need another excuses, week off. No man. No, none of this soft head stuff around here, all right? Get in the game. Are we in June yet? This <laughs> miscreant right here is responsible for what is, in my estimation, the best podcast we do around here. And I realize that's pulling the rug out from my own feet, but it's true. It's the NFL Explained podcast. Mike Yam does it with Michael Robinson. It is so worth your time. That is a must-check out situation. I am your host, NFL Network senior writer Andrew Levy, and on today's show, the sill, the head, the jam, and the apron are all parts of what household feature, Mike Yam? Christy, do you know what it is? The window? Correct. It is, in fact, a window. Windows. Now, why are we talking windows? Well, because there are questions about just how open the Super Bowl window is for the Buffalo Bills. Also on today's show, Tua Tonga-Vailoa on the field for the first time since December. How did he look? And what does jujitsu have to do with this story? Is it helping? We'll get to the bottom of that. We're going to talk about my Washington commanders. Why? Because they're oddly fascinating. Who will start the season at quarterback for the Commanders? Sam Howell, maybe Jacoby Brissett. Who should start the season for the Commanders? Sam Howell or Jacoby Brissett? And is the same answer the person who will finish the season at quarterback for the Commanders? We will talk about Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers' jersey. His jersey number, of course, no longer 12. Now it's 8. But why is his jersey number actually 1? You ponder that. We'll discuss. And who is the best athlete you ever saw on an NFL field? Mm. I'm going to think about that one myself. It's hard for me not to go to a guy like Daryl Green, but that's just because he wore my colors. Is that actually the truth? Let's ponder that in a moment. We will also hear from the commissioner, Roger Goodell, and we will talk about some very important decisions that have come from the league meeting in Minneapolis, specifically about where the ball will be placed on a fair catch for kickoffs. Is it important? Mike Yam says, yes, it is. Does he agree with it? Mike Yam says, well, yes, And no, we'll get to the bottom of that. Plus, Austin Eckler is staying in L.A. How significant is that? I would say hugely. 
Is this man the most underpaid man in the NFL? I would say yes. I'm curious to know what Michael would say. But first, this. You know, statistically, you look at it where we're, we were top three, four offense in the league last year, and um, it wasn't good enough. So just losing the playoffs isn't fun, you know, and um, I, I so ba- badly want to bring a Super Bowl here to Buffalo, and I just don't want anything to get in the way of allowing me to be the best quarterback that I can be for this team. Okay, Mikey, and that, of course, number 17 in red, white, and blue, Josh Allen the quarterback for the Buffalo Bills. My question to you, is the Super Bowl window open, still open for the Buffalo Bills? Because I have to say from over here, slightly more cynical perhaps, slightly more jaded perspective, I think it's closing if not shut. Do you agree? I, I No, I don't. I, I definitely you. don't think it is closed. When Big 1-7 is your quarterback and he's as elite as there is right now in the NFL – I think you always have a chance. This is still a team that has dominated that AFC East. They've won it three consecutive years. And you're right. I think you look at last season and all the hoop, uh, the hoop and, and, or I should say all the hype around this team. Were you about to go hoopla? Because there was a lot of hoopla. There was a lot of hoopla. Um, I think I was still thinking about vacation right now. But there was so much hype around this football (laughs) program that you, you thought like, hey, maybe they could get to a Super Bowl. They were on the short list. I think there was so many of the emotional things that get associated with DeMar Hamlin and where that team was at. A lot of those players, well, Chronicle, they talk about that. Jordan Poyer, I remember he told MJ Acosta Ruiz, like they were, they were gassed at the end of the season. I still think they are one of the elite teams in the NFL, one of the elite defenses, one of the elite offenses. When we talk about 17 out on that football and Josh Allen, what's the one thing that comes to mind here? And that is all of those turnovers, those giveaways, the interceptions, the games with multiple interceptions that he had. I, I still call him elite, but I think when you have him, I like what they did in the draft with Dalton Kincaid. Still got digs. Like, there is still enough firepower for this team to go and win it. I think why you might be downing it, and I don't want to put words in your mouth, is that division is as good of a division division there is in the NFL. So while they have dominated, I do think the rest of the teams in that division have gotten a little bit closer. Okay, which creates a little bit of an issue. Um, Let's talk about what it is the young man needs to change. He sort of addressed it in that clip. Sure. But he clearly has some work to do with ball security. You intimated that a moment ago. Let's put a finer point on it. 14 interceptions last year after a year in 2021 in which he had 15 interceptions last year. I think the number that stands out most to me, in addition to the 14 picks, 13 fumbles. And of those 13 fumbles, five of them ended up in the hands of the opposition for a total of 19 giveaways. Mike Yam, is that sort of the no-blank Sherlock obvious answer in terms of what he needs to fix in this offseason there's no question I mean how many times did we have this as a topic on total access last season where hey should we be concerned what does Josh need to do Michael Robinson who I know is going to be with you on this podcast later this week you know he he made reference to this during the course of the season and that is Josh trying to take on too much of this offense and playing hero ball and I, I hate using that term because I feel like sometimes when you hear that it's derogatory and it's not a complimentary piece and while it's not a compliment Josh Allen knows this we we had Diggs on the show on TA and I had asked him about this he's like 
it was less of an issue for those guys. They Josh knows he takes it on himself. You know, there was nine games where he had two interceptions. Obviously, most teams can't overcome that. Buffalo wasn't able to always do that. In some instances, they still wanted the they still were able to win some of those football games. But I'm with you, Drew. Like, yes, it is Captain Obvious, and he does need to protect that football and he can't turn it over. But to me, I don't know if we're going to see a Josh Allen like we saw a season ago. I'm ready to give him the benefit of the doubt when he has the comments like we just heard or a few weeks ago when he says, hey, I need to be more mindful right. of how I play. Right. He's definitely owning what is happening, what has happened, and what needs to happen going forward. In addition to ball security, is there something else you see for that Bills offense running game stands out to me, the offensive line of the running game as something that needs to be modernized, innovated, up-to-date, more competitive. That seems obvious, too. But what would you say this team needs to do to maximize their chances other than, of course, having the Bengals and the Chiefs moved to the NFC? Yeah, two things stand out to me. You touched on one of them, and that is the running game. And I think people might look at the statistics and say, well, guys, what are you talking about? Like, this team was still able to run the football effectively. The problem is it's mostly Josh Allen running the ball effectively and I don't know if that's necessarily the recipe for success which is something that Josh talked about that's the comments that I'm alluding to from a few minutes ago he talked about that a couple weeks ago so that's one and then two this comes with experience and I think we take for granted how difficult it is for teams like the Chiefs to consistently win the Bills have consistently won the division. They're still consistently one of the best teams in the NFL because of the balance that we see and effectiveness on both offense and defense but you know, Andrew, you know this man, like sometimes you just need to figure it out. Sometimes you just need those experiences that get you battle tested, that puts you over the hump. And, you know, I, you could look at Philadelphia as an example. The Eagles are a great football team. They were a great football team a season ago. And yet there's probably a couple moments where they just they didn't know how to go and close some of those games. We saw it at the end of the year. Now, granted, no Jalen Hurts, but we saw that, too, in in the Super Bowl. I just think as simple as this sounds. Buffalo just needs another season of of like those experiences out on the football field, which is why I don't think that window was closed for them. One more year, another year with Ken Dorsey in his Great ear, call. as opposed to Brian Dayball. Yep. We talked about what seemed to be, I wouldn't say precipitous, that's probably overstating it, but definitely a fall um, in the transition from Brian Dayball to Ken Dorsey. Ken Dorsey with a year under his belt, sure. he's going to have a learning curve as well. I should think that all of their learning curves will be steep the way they set it. There's no room in the NFL for a shallow learning curve. You've got to learn quickly. Yeah. You've got to learn right away in order to get over the hump. Finish this sentence as our last comment on this subject. I wouldn't be surprised if Josh Allen and the Buffalo Bills did what in 2023? Get to a Super Bowl and potentially win it. And let's also not forget, I know I talked about the emotional piece that last season was. How different does that team look if Von Miller is healthy? And this goes back to the experience factor that I talked about, Andrew. Von Miller, not only did they bring him in because he was effective with the Rams, I think they brought him in for that locker room and to show guys how to actually win football games in crucial situations like the postseason. This is a balanced team. This is a complete team, as Mikey M. just stated. But as he just reminded us, they are only a complete team if two things happen. One, if Josh Allen plays his best and is secure with the football. And two, if their stars on the other side of the ball, like Von Miller, are on the field. 
Next topic, Tua Tonga-Vailoa. Talk about a man who is back on the field for the first time since December. How did he look on the field? Here's Cam Wolf, who saw firsthand. The one thing I saw in practice today is that Tua looks bigger and stronger than the last time we saw him in Christmas when he saw that concussion and you see it in the core you see it in the calves and look this time of year we always hear guys say they're in the best shape of the, their career but it's important for two of one because you get more zip on those passes which i saw today but also having more size maybe helps with being able to take contact and prevent some of those injuries we've seen uh, really slow down to his career particularly last season we know this dolphins team is going to go as far as to his health takes them. And one thing that I learned today from Mike McDaniel is they're putting a lot of value on Tua's jujitsu training. Yes, he is doing that to learn how to fall, they're saying. And look, Mike McDaniel said it may look like bullying at first, guys attacking guys, falling to the ground. But for him, it's a way for him to disperse his energy, use his core strength, and maybe avoid some of those injuries. They're doing it so much, they're adding it to their practices for all the quarterbacks to be able to learn. And so the Dolphins have high expectations. It's going to depend on Tua's health, and they hope jujitsu helps. Okay, Mike M., you heard what Cam Wolf had to say. My question to you would be this. It's a little nebulous, but come on, it's May, what, 23rd. Is a healthy Tua Tonga-Vailoa, as far as you can see it, a quarterback capable of leading his team, this team, on a playoff run? Yeah. Yeah. A playoff run means now, playoff wins. When he plays, they win. So that, that to me, the short answer is yes. Now, I hedge. And look, MJ comes on this show with you pretty regularly, and I know she's going to pop on this week, and maybe you revisit this topic. It, it's almost unfair. MJ and I have this conversation off air all the time. I don't know what it is about Tua where people do either don't want to see him win or don't want to give him credit for what he's been able to do on the football Yeah, it's field. true. There is something weird. And I don't there. know if it's a physical stature thing because people kind of hate it on It might be. He's, he seems undersized a little bit. Sure. And I think when you pair undersized with this muscle memory that we have as viewers of seeing throws, even throws that end up in the paint, underthrown. So undersized yeah. and underthrown, we continue to give credit to Mike McDaniel and his scheme, yeah. Tyreek Hill, Jalen Waddle for all of their dynamism uh, on the receiving end of these passes. But you're right, we're not giving him enough credit. David Carr always reminds us that he gets the ball out as quickly, if not quicker, than anybody else in the NFL. And that means that his processor, as David Carr always calls it, his brain, his his QBIQ is very, very high. He makes decisions very, very quickly. These are all wonderful things, necessary yeah. things to be a successful quarterback in the NFL. And I, I So think, why are we doubting him? Do you think it's stature? So I think A, it's stature. B, his inability to stay on the football field, which is a real yeah, that thing, help, right? Like that, that, to me, sort of the biggest thing here. And look, there wasn't a, a ton of success early. Here, here's what I would caution any, any fan that wants to hate on Tua. I don't know how many quarterbacks in the NFL would have been able to handle the situation as a team leader the way he was able to when the Deshaun Watson conversation was hopping into the big picture in that narrative. He answered every single question, didn't ask for a trade. There was another quarterback, by the way, who asked for a trade and got his wish, and now Baker Mayfield's got an opportunity in the state of Florida with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. But the point is, he did everything that you would want from a leader of this football team. And now he wasn't able to stay on the field because of those concussions, and I think that's a separate topic here. I sound like a guy that's defending Tua, and I answered your question, which was, can they? Can he lead this Is team? Is a healthy Tua capable yeah, of leading this I, team on a playoff run? And you say, without hesitation, yeah. the answer is yes. And, and yet, if you ask me a different question, who would you take, Daniel Jones or Tua? 
and this has nothing to do with the fact that I'm a Giants fan, but I think about those conversations I have with MJ because she kind of hates on my guy and Daniel Jones. But the reality is I might take DJ over Tua. And Why? I, so for two reasons. The running ability? The running ability. And he, he doesn't. And the durability. Well, three things. The dur- Those are two right there. I didn't think durability, but he was out there. And three, he doesn't turn the football over. Yeah. Now, that's not like necessarily a, a problem for Tua either. And there's accuracy that Tua has that Daniel Jones doesn't have. I just think about winning football games. And getting back to your question, a playoff run is not just getting to the postseason. It's winning. And last time I checked, Daniel Jones was able to do that on the road against Minnesota. So I, I hedge when you ask me that question because I feel like I, I need to defend Tua because I like the fact that he's been able to do the things that we've asked him to do when he's healthy. I hedge. Herm Edwards used to say this to me all the time. Hey, man, like you got to be, you got to be available. Um, like that, that to me is like step one in this process. And two is not always available. Translation: Get on the field, stay on the field. Honestly, why two? Because we love seeing you yeah. out there. Good luck to you this off season, man. We can't wait to see you. We hope to see you for the whole season. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Next topic, Washington Commanders. You heard right, Washington Commanders. Is it a homer play that I'm putting the Washington Commanders on today's rundown? Absolutely not. They're on today's rundown. Why? Because they're oddly fascinating, Mike Yam. You asked a question in the meeting. We were discussing Sam Howell versus Jacoby Brissett. Jacoby Brissett or Sam Howell? And it's a fair question, and I want you to answer it in a moment. But you chirped in with, is that a phrase? You chirped up, peeked up. You spoke up and said, is there more pressure on Sam Howell or Eric Bieniemy?" I want you to ask that question in the way that only you know how to ask it and then answer it because I think you're onto something. Yeah, I don't know how to ask that question and I need to figure it out before we get on to the set because I don't want to make it as simple <laughs> and, and basic as the way I framed it in our meeting. But I do think there's a real question around here. You know, Michael Robinson said it. He said, hey, the, the ceiling is higher for Sam Howell than it is percent. I think we would all agree with that. And they like him. They clearly like him. Is that why Ron Rivera probably spoke a little too soon for some Washington fans uh, taste. But when he said the position, the job is there for Sam to lose. And he said this months ago. Yeah. Which, by the way, and and here's the one thing. And unfortunately, we don't get this platform right now to ask him, Rob, this. and, And hopefully I have time on the show. But what has happened inside the facility, in the practice room, uh, in the quarterback room, on the practice field for Ron Rivera a few months ago to your point to go, yo, this is Sam's gig. What? Okay. So, like, there's stuff that we don't see because the sample size for us is not big with the one start. Now, granted, it was a win against the Dallas Cowboys, and it was a dominant win. I I think we saw enough to feel good about Sam Howell, but to give him the keys to the car, there's another piece here that we don't know. Now, he's playing for the ability to be a starting quarterback in the NFL in line for a ton of money. Eric Bieniemy right now, 
leaves a unbelievable situation as the offensive coordinator of the Chiefs, winning Super Bowl, favorite again this upcoming season to win another Super Bowl, to take over an offense that was so anemic, not to pour salt in no, the wound because you're a Washington listen, fan, but like I'm sitting here going, yo, if this doesn't work for Biennemi, do you know how many I told you so's? I mean, Eric's been trying to get a, a head coaching job. There's so much pressure on both of these guys to succeed, and maybe that formula and that desperation is good enough for them to concoct a winning uh, a formula to try to win some games. But I think this is going to be a tall task. NFC East is really difficult. I do like that wide receiving room. You and I have talked about yes. this. Uh, there, there's some positives I mean, that here. would be my follow-up question to you, by the way, in the meeting that uh, Michael is referencing. Michael Robinson, the other Mike, um, said that he could see the commanders winning 11 games this year in the same breath without hesitation he said i could also see them winning yeah. four yeah. games this year i think that is the kind of the perfect answer to elucidate just how much uncertainty there is about this washington commander situation that eric bienemy has stepped into my question to you as a follow-up would be this does he have enough to work with? Has he been set up to fail? If you look at the depth chart, no. look, the defense was a top four defense in the NFL last year. Certainly, they have the pieces on the defensive side to stay in games, to stay competitive. We know how important a defense is in the NFL. If you don't have a good one, you aren't winning anything. So they have a good one. Do they have a good enough offense to be competitive? We like the wide receiver room. Here's what it looks like. Terry McLaurin, Jahan Dotson. Curtis Samuel, look, if I'm Eric Bieniemy, I'm looking at those three pieces alone. Those are just the wide receiver ones, left, right, and uh, slot. Those are, those are good pieces to work with. I have no excuses, I should think, if I'm Eric Bieniemy, with those pieces. You have a decent offensive line, although they need to be better. Uh, Logan Thomas as your tight end. Sam Howell as your QB1 for now. B-Rob, Brian Robinson in the backfield, along with Antonio Gibson. The names that I have just checked there, is that enough? So you just named the guys in the wide receiver room? Here's why I would be excited if I were you as a Commanders fan. I'm going to tell you the wide receiver depth chart in Kansas City. Marquez Valdez-Scantley, Kadarius Tony, and Sky Moore. I'll tell you right now. I know maybe I'll I'm take crazy. my guys over I'll those guys. I'll take Washington's group. Are you kidding me? The no. only reason <laughs> that I would maybe defer to the other guys is one, they have big game experience sure. as we've seen, and two, they have Andy Reid yeah. pulling the strings. But no, you're absolutely right on name recognition, on rep, and maybe on eye test too. I like my guys. Now they don't have Travis Kelsey, and and look, I we can call him a tight end. We all know the reality is he's, yeah, he's the a, number one target yeah. for for Patrick. He's Mahomes. a target number one, but by he's a and T1. large. That's like, what we should call them. Hundred percent target ones. That I like that. The 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 room that you just mentioned for Washington to me that feels good. Which now has got me thinking there might be more pressure on Eric Bieniemy because to your point, this is still a guy that needs to show that he can scheme up and not be oh yeah that's Andy that Andy was doing that in Kansas City oh that was Andy's play call like now Eric like this is your show and guess what the. the there are some pieces for that team to win. You mentioned the defense. You mentioned the wide receiver room. It's going to be incumbent now here on, on Eric Bienna to make sure Sam Howell can execute for them. Because if he can't, this is going to be a tough season. Translation, pretty simple, guys. For Sam Howell, but mostly for you, Eric Bienemy, the pressure yeah. is 
on. Next subject, Jersey, as in New Jersey, as oh, in yeah. Jersey sales, as in the Jersey on his back. Who is the his? Who is the him? Well, it's he, Aaron Rodgers. Number 12? No, 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 no. Number 8. Why is he now number 1? Have you seen the April jersey sales numbers in the NFL, Mike Yam? Uh, something tells me that Rodgers' jersey has been Rogers pretty Rodgers is number 1. His, his number 8 jersey, which is kind of cool, actually, now that I'm looking at it. I won't show you because I'm going to quiz you on the other 9 names on the okay. top 10 list. Okay. So, uh, Aaron Rodgers, the number 8 jersey is the number one seller, at least it was in the month of April. The number two seller, where's number one? Who is it? Oh, God, I'm going to be so bad. Also green. Uh, One in green. Well, it's no one in Green Bay. Sauce Gardner. Number one in green is... Who's number one in green? Jalen Hurts. Number 15. Number 15. Oh, God, that's awful. NFC East. This is an NFC East fan who, by the way, right now, his blood alcohol level, I'm assuming <laughs> I'm assuming he was driven to work today. Let's just make that very clear. I forget my um, ID like he's I made just come too. back from Cabo. Yeah. Uh, Jalen Hurts, number number okay. the number two jersey in terms of jersey sales, is okay. number one. Philadelphia Eagles, Jalen Hurts, shame on you. I'm be uh, so number bad at 15. This. Okay. Uh, fi- I don't even. I, I number no- 15. And which division? There's only said- one number 15. Who's 15? There's. A- Really? I love this for you. Okay, this is what we are now learning about Mike Yam. This is not your thing. No, I am the first one. You're damn right it's Mahomes. Thank you, Christy Stapleton. Yeah, I thought you said it was NFC. No, That's I didn't I... say it was NFC. Oh, I thought, no wonder. No. I'm like sitting here NFL, going, NFL, the there's only one in the 15 NFC? in my estimation. Um, you know, it's, it's Patrick am, Mahomes. I'm so bad at this the This game is thing. going horribly it, awry. Number go, three. There's no chance that I do Number well three this. for Baltimore. Odell oh. Beckham Jr., okay. that's OBJ. the number four selling jersey. The number five selling God, jersey is somebody we me. talked about before, uh, number 17, Josh Allen. One Travis seven, Kelsey, baby. who I you name checked, <laughs> is number six. Number seven, number seven, okay. I will quiz you on this one. Number okay. seven in the month of April, the no, the seventh highest jersey sales. Is that right, syntactically? Yeah. Uh, wears number 10, also a green jersey, sometimes a white jersey. Obviously, uh, he was very glad to see number eight. Oh, Garrett Wilson walk out the door again. A trick question, because when he oh, walked no out the door, kidding. he was wearing number 12. So Jordan, Jordan Love. Wow. Yes, sir. Wow. Jordan Love. Why am number I? 10 for the Packers had the seventh highest jersey sales in the month of April. I love Good that for, for Jordan. Guys. I know. I love that for Packers fans. I can't wait to see number 10 I in Lambeau. Uh, let's move on to the bottom row here. Number eight on the list is number 18 in purple. Can there be any other? Oh, uh, uh, Justin. Yes. Jefferson. Correct. Justin Jefferson. Thank We're you for getting the color. there. That's Num- the only way I'm going to get these. Number nine. <laughs> wearing the number 11. Okay. Who's the most famous number 11 right now in the NFL? Uh, on the defensive side of the ball. Uh, and this is the month of April. He's on speed dial with Brian Baldinger. Oh, Micah. Micah Parsons Which, is by correct. the way, who won't be, won't be 11, I don't think, for a significant period of time. Oh, maybe that's why jersey sales have spiked. They want to grab it while yeah. it's hot. Are he's supposed to go to zero. going down to I zero? Thought, that's yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. I think I you're right. He wants number zero. And finally, number nine. Number nine. Wearing... A shade of blue that we don't often talk about, but we certainly talked about it a lot during the months of February, March, and April. A sh- a sh- Not the Titans. N- uh, Number nine. In blue. I'm in to- 
Carolina Blue. Oh, Bryce. Yeah, baby, Bryce Young. Wow. So the April thing, I once you said that, I started thinking about some of like the free agent moves. Because when you said OBJ was three. Yeah, right. OBJ's actually would, four, but four, it's, it's okay. confusing. He's wearing number three, but it's a number four jersey like, sale. Like, not in a million years would I ever think that OBJ would have a jersey sale. In the uh, in review, now, that game went horribly awry, but I me. had I had awful fun anyway. Uh, Aaron Rodgers <laughs> is the number one jersey sale, at least in the month of April. Number two was Jalen Hurts. Number three, Patrick Mahomes. Number four, OBJ. Welcome back. Welcome back to the NFL, OBJ. Josh Allen, then Travis Kelsey, then Jordan Love. Good for you, Jordan Love. Sell those jerseys and throw some touchdowns while you're at it. Justin Jefferson, then Micah Parsons, and then bringing up the rear, Bryce Young. But hardly the rear. I mean, the number 10 selling jersey in the month of April. What did we learn? Nothing other than maybe um, Mike Yam needs to pay a little bit closer attention to jersey numbers while he's 100%. watching the game. 100%. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Next topic, the best athlete you ever saw on a football field. There is a list that was just put out, and it's one hell of a list. I will read it to you in a moment, but let's get your first reflexive sure. answer to that. Mike Yam, who is the best athlete you ever saw on an NFL field? It's So I actually think that this question is relatively easy because it's not only the best athlete. Yeah, I don't think there's much of a debate here because my answer is not just the best athlete on a football field, which I know is the question. My guy happened to play professional sports in two sports, a two-sport guy, Bo Jackson to me, and there it's not. So I think – it's Bo and then everyone else when we do the show and this question comes up. I will actually answer with one of our colleagues in Ladanian Tomlinson. So LT would be that guy for me. And I think it has more to do with who is your favorite guy to watch. I've told this story before. I don't know if I've ever said this to LT, but when I got to NFL Network, they were giving me a tour. And we end up in, in our locker room area. And they said, hey, Mike, you can have any locker that you want that's empty. And there's nameplates for everyone that's there. So I start, you know, I, I start walking around. And, dude, we got, I mean, you know who's on our team. Yeah. I mean, it's it's a bunch of dudes who've been in the Hall of Fame. got some heavyweights. The there's, there's, there's some real dudes here. And the first, I the minute I saw LT's locker, I actually turned and I said, I want the closest one to LT. So I am one removed. Scott Hansen, I would love to switch lockers with him. Just so that I could be closer to LT's, but Mooch is on my other side, so it's all good. But LT for me is still I he first of all, he won me a ton of fantasy leagues. Number two, just absolutely unstoppable. There's some other guys that should be on this list. Michael Vick certainly comes to mind. TO, if you want to go down that path. But I think you even characterize this to me, right? Because I don't know if Bo's your guy or not, but did you make someone look silly? And I think Vic did that a ton, LT did that a ton, and and certainly Bo just gold standard among athletes. Uh, okay, so there are two questions that need to be asked of you. One, uh, Bo Jackson's jersey number. 
Which, by the way, do I should you know, know Bo Jackson's because I just number. saw I just saw him on the screen before we got and out. And what here. was it? What was the jersey number? He wasn't eleven, was he? He was not eleven. No, I don't know. I don't even know who you are I anymore, don't, dude. I For am someone who worst. knows as much as you do, and what you what what I don't know that you know is is uh, can I, be put in books and is, and it's called a library. You know so much more than I do. Number thirty-four, I, Bo Jackson. I, dude, I seriously, I cringe when I hear. So there's two things that I'm awful at: sports trivia. Horrendous! How is that I even possible? I can't. This is, even, your, this is your bag, dude. Seriously, I, my friends. We used to go to like trivia nights and go to like, <laughs> and they assumed that you'd have all. They the all want me, and I'd go, guys. Like, trust me, you do. I am so bad at sports trivia and numbers. Like, I know in sports, like three numbers, and they happen to be NBA guys. Hilarious. Uh, so, the obvious other question yeah. is, okay, what's my answer to this? And nobody really cares about my answer. But no, no, I, would no, say I care. This, I want to know. I would say this is that after last week. And this is going to sound a little bit pandering, but I think I yeah. mean this. I really do. Uh, Bo Jackson would have been top three for me. Yeah. Uh, so would have either Michael Vick or Lamar Jackson. I love the way those guys play the quarterback position so much. I love seeing somebody that athletic play that position. I think I'd give the edge to Michael Vick. So for me, Michael Vick, yeah. uh, Bo Jackson make a top three. But you know who's the third on that top three, and he's probably number one, is Jim Brown, Brown yeah. the late, great Jim yeah. Brown, who we send our condolences still to the Brown family and to Brown's fans who are missing the guy who is quite possibly and maybe probably the only one true goat, the greatest of all time. And in terms of his athleticism, I don't think a better athlete ever played the game of football, certainly not in the NFL. This is a guy who was a better lacrosse player than he was a football player. Uh, this is a guy who could have been a track star. He is an exceptional person, and I highly recommend, as I said last week, listener, to go and look up Jim Brown highlights on YouTube. Yeah. It'll cost you nothing, and it will enrich your eyes it will enrich your understanding of the game because the man that you are seeing out there wearing number 32, Mike Yam, will be one of the, if not the most impressive people you've ever seen carrying a ball on a football field. He looks like, Mike, he looks to me like a linebacker who's just picked up yeah. a fumble and is now returning it the other way for a touchdown, and he just happens to be bigger, stronger, faster, and just with more desire than anybody else on the field. So I'll take it a step further. I do encourage people to go back to listen to this podcast and get some of the reaction on, on Jim Brown. I think it's definitely worth a lot of our listeners to go back and, and hopefully if you're listening to this podcast you actually already heard it but um i think it's a it's a point well taken it's always hard from a generational standpoint to do the comparisons but the way that jim brown dominated his era like there's no question that that he's got to be on that list why are we having this conversation because there's a very interesting item on nfl throwback it's the top 10 freak Athletes, as they see it here, they are in reverse order. Number 10, defensive end, J.J. Watt. Number 9, cornerback, Daryl Green. There's my guy. He makes the list. I'm so pleased to see that. Number 8, Larry Allen, the guard, the Hall of Fame guard, Larry Allen. Number 7, running back, Barry Sanders. He certainly would have been in maybe the top 5, maybe the top 3 for me. Number 6, Defensive tackle, Aaron Donald. Number five, quarterback, Michael Vick. Number four, wide receiver, Randy Moss. No argument there. Number three, cornerback, Deion Sanders. Number two, wide receiver, Calvin Johnson. If you never saw Calvin Johnson play, do yourself a favor. Look up Calvin Johnson career highlights. It is well worth your time. And then do yourself a favor and go check out his stats. 
a short career, didn't even play 10 years in the NFL, and what he accomplished in his, I believe, nine seasons, absolutely astonishing. And the number one freak athlete, according to NFL Throwback, drum roll please, Bo Jackson. There you go. See, Mike Yam, he may not know jersey numbers, but he certainly knows NFL players. Bo Jackson, number one, no argument from me, except to say, I believe Jim Brown is a better athlete than all of them. The next topic, rules, as in rule changes. Uh, I tend to be a rule follower. I talk a good game. I seem to be sort of edgy. I've got the mohawk and the, you know, the anger, the middle-aged anger and all that kind of jazz. But in the end, I'm a rule follower. I really am. My wife would roll her eyes and say, yeah, no kidding, buddy. You really are. She's much more the the rebel than I am in my house. Um, But let's talk about rules because a rule change or a rule proposal was adopted today The chair of the NFL Rules Committee, Rich McKay, had something to say about that. So the kickoff play for us has been a play that uh, has had a lot of changes over the years, all really driven by health and safety. Um, At one point in time, we used to allow a a three-person wedge. We got rid of that. Then we allowed a two-person wedge. We got rid of that. Um, You know, we've done a lot of things over the years, always based on the data that health and safety provided us on the play and where the injuries were occurring. So in this case, you know, it was looking at what's gone on in the last couple of years. The concussion rate on the play has gone up. It's gone up because the ball is being returned more by kicks that are being hung inside the five-yard line. College made this rule change in, I think it's 2018 or 2019. We looked at their data and said, you know what, this is the right thing to do now. And so we made the proposition. It's never easy. It's never easy for special teams coaches. They've coached it a certain way. They think they have an advantage, so they're not going to be happy with changes like this. But the changes needed to be made because in our mind, we had the data that said they should be made. Mike Yam, the fair catch on kickoffs automatically at the 25. When I asked you earlier today if you like that rule, you said yes and no. Please explain. So I I don't like it from the sense of the big plays that come in special teams, right? Like if you think about Devin Hester's on that short list, yes. right? Like the guys where it's you It's almost don't, like we're not going to see that anymore. Yeah. Like, I mean, think about when, when Hester was playing, you wouldn't go to the bathroom. No. Like on a kickoff. Because you wanted to see what would happen. Like, oh, those guys are still Speaking electric. of which, how many fools still kick themselves to this day and probably lie to themselves and their friends by saying that they were, in fact, in their seat or they were, in fact, in front of the television when the opening kickoff of that Super Bowl that the Bears ended up losing to the Colts was returned by Devin Hester for a touchdown. How many people are kicking themselves still to this day that they weren't in their seats, that they were five minutes late to the game, that they got stuck in the parking lot, that they didn't get out of the kitchen and get to the couch in time? Oh, I, I, I'm so with you. I, I, so that's why I, I hate it. Because I, I, I like to see those big explosive plays. And M-Rob will tell you when he joins you later this week. M-Rob will tell you how much of a game changer it is to have one of those guys out on the football field. So that's why I don't like so it. So that's the negative. But the positive is I think this was done. Correct me if I'm wrong, Mike. This is all about player safety. It's certainly a goal. It is certainly our focus. We cannot have really a higher core value at this point in our game. If you just look at the athletic uh, exploits on the field, 
we have to protect these players, and this is one way to ensure that they are protected. No doubt. I mean, the the competition committee had cited safety as being the main reason why they're instituting this change. It will have all been worth it if that is the case. This is clearly one of those subjects that we cannot take a wait-and-see approach. The ball is the 25. Play on. Last subject, Austin Eckler staying in L.A. Eckler hits the hole, and he's through to the 40, to the 50. It's a foot race, 30, 20. 10, Austin Eckler, touchdown, Chargers. You're not going to catch Austin Eckler. Getting a little bit of a pay raise, but I still think he may be the most underpaid player in the NFL when you consider what he has done. Question number one, Mike Yam, how significant is it for the Bolts to keep Austin Eckler in their colors. Huge. Number one, I know we requested that trade. There wasn't much of a market for him. If you, you watch uh, Total Access, the the broadcast, Bridget Condon will make reference to that, who, who covers that team for us here. Knowing there wasn't much of a market, knowing how the running backs are being paid, he was underpaid. I, I mean, that figure for him was somewhere around $6 million. Yeah, 6.3. I have it in my notes here. Um, this upcoming season, that was the 14th highest among running backs. Come yeah. on, man. And like now he gets on. a bump of yeah. up to $1.75 yeah. million dollars in incentives. If you do the math, I'm not great at it, but that's just north of eight at the very highest. Still now, underpaid. if you consider over the last four years that this what this man has done, over the last four years, go look up this guy's stat page. 52 touchdowns and over 5,600 scrimmage yards in the last four seasons alone. How many people can make that claim in the NFL? Wait for it. Don't think too long. The answer is none. Zero. Nunca. Nula. Zero. None. No one else can make that claim, and he doesn't even register even close to the top 10 highest paid running backs in the NFL. You know who's going to be the top paid running back in the NFL this year? Kid who's never taken one snap in That's the That's exactly right. Bijan Robinson. Yeah. It's it's so disappointing. And here's the other thing. Not on, for Bijan. We, uh, no, we're no, so happy but, for you, Bijan. You are paid based on what you are capable of. What we are puzzled about is guys not getting paid for what they are prove time and time again, year and year out, that they are not just capable of, but that they pull off. And Austin Eckler may be better than anybody in the league proves it year in and year out. And he's still at max north of just north of eight. The, 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 the mm. franchise tag alone is 10, ten, is it not? Yeah, it's a 10. It's 10 million. So he's still under the average of what the NFL running backs are getting. He had 107 receptions last year. I mean, I don't know what that would rank among wide receivers, but he had 107 friggin' receptions. It's crazy. Translation, nothing makes sense. But I will say this. I'm so thrilled for all of the Chargers fans here and for Austin Eckler himself, that he doesn't have to move his family, that he's going to stay right here in L.A. We can't wait to see you across the street. I want to thank today's very special guest, Mike Yam. He doesn't know jersey numbers, but if I were to put a jersey number on him, it would be number one. You really are number one for me, Mike Yam. Thank you so much for making time for us today. I want to invite the listener to join us next time, because next time what we are doing is throwing open the doors to TA Summer School. It's high time that you actually knew all of the things that you think you know and maybe lie to yourself that you know 
but maybe you don't know. Who am I speaking on behalf of? Myself. I have spent more time in NFL production meetings in this building nodding, reflexively nodding as Hall of Famers, NFL veterans, Super Bowl champions throw out phrases and terminology that I think to myself, well, I should probably know this, so I nod my head as if to say that I do know it. But you know what? Sometimes I do. Other times, I simply don't. And it's high time that changes. I'm going to fall on the sword. I'm going to ask a bunch of very stupid questions. Some of you will think they are. The rest of you will be glad that I asked them. It's time that we cleared up phrases and terminology in the NFL. No better time to do it than right now in the offseason. So join us next time for TA Summer School. Class will be in session. Till then, ciao for now. NFL Total Access is a production of the NFL in partnership with iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower... 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day. And smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you.